Welcome to the Events Podcast, a show about the tech events in Vancouver. I'm Samantha Ming. This is part two of the Startup Hacks event. In the last episode, you heard from the keynote speakers. In this episode, you're going to hear a panelist of entrepreneurs discussing their experience on starting a business. Let's get started. There are three panelists. The first is Sarah. She is the CEO of VitoSigns. The second is Andrew, the co-founder of MioShare. And finally, we have Connor, the founder of Man Talks. And the panel discussion is moderated by Rocky. He is the VP community of BC Tech. Let's start the discussion with Connor. In this clip, he shared how he discovered he was meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, so I'll give some context to that. I worked for Apple. I made very good money with the company. And for me, I intentionally went to work for them for, for two reasons. One, I saw that they were the best in business from my perspective, and I wanted to learn from the best in business. And two, I knew from every part of my being that if I could go work for my favorite company, who was the best in the world and still not be fulfilled, I was meant to be an entrepreneur. And don't go into something for just the money. Connor explains. I call it the golden handcuffs, right? If you're in it for the money, at some point, that's where you see a lot of people have midlife crises. They, they get to the point where they've been doing something strictly for money and they hit their like mid 40s, 50s, and they realize that they're not happy, they're not fulfilled, they're in it for the wrong reasons, and they, you know, buy the Porsche, quit their job, and don't know what to do, right? and this would of course correct. So if you can choose what you want to do right now, choose something that's fulfilling, and everything else will follow. Success will follow from that. One of the challenges you may face as an entrepreneur is relying on others. Connor shares a real-life example. The greatest challenge to overcome is oftentimes relying on other people. There have been a, a, a couple times where I've been in, in business situations with people where there was a lot of financial responsibility from both of us entering into a partnership. So picking the right partner is so, so, so important. Just on the, just on the last event that, that we did, you know, the upfront cost was much more than six figures. And I had a business partner who I'd entered into contract with with him and we were to put all of the upfront money down so that we could get this event live and, and put it together. As soon as I paid my, my portion, I put my money down. I really put myself in the chopping block, you know, savings, the whole thing. Uh, as, soon as, I, as soon as I put my money down and signed the contract, two days later he backed out. He said, I can't do this, I'm so sorry. And he backed out and I was left to front all the money. So the biggest <coughs> challenge that I've faced is oftentimes having very clear contracts, very clear agreements with people. As much as you want to take people's word at, at face value because you know them, because you're friends with them, don't. Put, like, put yourself in a situation where it's in writing and it's there and you have a binding contract and agreement. Because uh, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where all of a sudden you're responsible because somebody gave their word and then they've disappeared. Right? And that happens far too, far too often. Connor says the best way to deal with this is to have a very candid conversation with your business partner and have everything in writing. 
Andrew also chimes in on this topic. Just one last uh, comment on what Connor was saying. If you like sit down with a good friend and then try to put things into writing and they kind of get like they refuse or they're turned off by that, I don't think they're probably going to be a good partner. Like, like you said, the reason you're doing that is to, like protect to protect the personal side of things, to protect your friendship. And so if you're doing that from a good place. I, I don't think a good partner would would refuse to do that. So I'd highly encourage it too. All of our panel agree having a mentor is very important. Andrew talks about how he selected his mentor. Uh, but really an important one is the values. So his values align really, really well with mine. He's the type of person I want to become, both inside and outside of work, and he's very successful business-wise. Uh, you should also find someone who's you know, willing to give you that time. And so oftentimes when you run into a business problem, it's not like, hey, Mike, can we chat in like, you know, two months about this like, critical business problem? It's like, we got to talk now. Like, so he's dedicated to the, the ability for me to call him anytime or to meet with him kind of the next day. Um, so yeah, legal things or, or even like, you know, like moral decisions, like just tough, tough things. It's like firing someone. Like, yeah, you could read books on that, but really you want to talk to someone who's done it before. So those are the kind of things that it's great to have someone who's just been through the trenches first. Sarah also shares her suggestion of finding mentors. Find people who have done this, find people who are smarter than you, and just talk to them, take them for coffee. Like a lot of the times, I'll go to events like this, and yeah, after the event, talk to the panel, and just be like, you seem rad, I wanna to talk to you, can I buy you a beer, can I, you know? And a lot of the time, these people have become my mentors, they've become, some of them have become my friends, like, and they're always willing to help. You can't be shy, because you'll miss out. Like, you have to just be out there and put yourself out there, or else you're just gonna like, not grasp that moment. You just need to ask and, and usually everyone will say yes. If they don't, then you don't want them anyway. As an entrepreneur, we always hear you have to hustle, you have to work, but it's also important to balance your life. Rocky explains. So I think what happens is a lot of you, particularly young entrepreneurs, they feel like this is your 24 seven job. And it doesn't mean that you're taking time away, not thinking about it necessarily, but you've got to recharge, you've got to have balance in your life, you've got to stay healthy, you've got to eat healthy, you've got to exercise. And you'll hear it from young entrepreneurs to the Igor who's been in business for 10 years, to the Yoda who's 75. They will all tell you this over time, that life is more than just a slog day to day of the AR weeks. You're going to work a ton, but if you don't have balance, your brain is not going to function properly. Well, and burnout is real. Burnout is real. Physical and mental. Yeah. In the next section, our panelists give their advice on becoming an entrepreneur. The first advice, just get started. So my biggest one, if you haven't started yet, if you like want to get into entrepreneurship, is that starting a business can feel like this big, like, okay, I need my 50-page business plan, I need $100,000, and I'm going to start a business. <laughs> but that is like absolutely not necessarily the case. So if you have a passion that you want to chase or something you want to try out, just find a way to try, take the very first step, and you have no idea how it will snowball if you're really passionate about it. If it has a strong why, like Keith was saying, then just get started. The second advice, start connecting by giving first. But what I would say is stop networking and start connecting. I think there's a misconception, like networking for me, I hate the word networking. When people network, they're trying to get something from people. When people connect, they're trying to give something to people. And if you can understand that subtle shift, you will build infinitely more strong relationships with people who will want to see you succeed. It is so different. You can have the biggest network in the world, 
and none, none of them will care whether or not you succeed. But if you have committed and connected people who are as ruthless about you succeeding as you are, it will happen. So start to look at shifting from, from getting to giving. It's, a, it's massive. The third advice, check your ego out the door. Um, and then get comfortable with being humbled time and time again by failure. Um, your ego will take a beating. If you have a large ego right now, you will find out very quick when you become an entrepreneur just because it's the nature of the game. You're gonna get told no, you're gonna get shut down, you're gonna get rejected time and time and time again. And it's about being humble and starting to like shed away some of those pieces of the ego. The last question comes from the audience. How do we find out our purpose and passion? Connor shares his thoughts. I have an analogy. So purpose is the rocket ship and passion is the jet fuel, right? And how you build your ship is by failing time and time again. I sold vacuums when I was 17. I worked construction. I pumped gas. I sang opera internationally. I worked for Apple. Like, like I did a bunch of stuff that led me towards what I actually was fulfilled by in life. And I tried a bunch of things that I was passionate about that weren't my purpose in life. And so if you follow your passions long enough, they will lead you to this sort of essence of, of purpose. The main thing is not being afraid to try. Sarah also chimes in. Yeah, trying, I've tried so many different things, but a little bit of each of those experiences amounted to like helping me with what I'm doing now. Nothing was a waste of time, be it like bartending somewhere yeah. and then creating like being able to talk to people from all over the world. Yeah, it's just like everything's amounted to like this crazy great experience. And that's the event. Up next, my review. resources these days to become an entrepreneur you can read books you can listen to podcasts you can even attend workshops but the one big takeaway i got from the panelists just do it andrew summed it up perfectly figure out a way just to try if you want to sell books you don't have to jump all in and open up a bookstore try it with something smaller buy a few books and sell it on amazon get a taste of the market and then take the next step from there Thank you so much for tuning in. What do you think of this two-part series? Email me at eventspodcast at gmail.com. More episodes are coming your way, so don't forget to subscribe. Work. That's how you get it.